welcome to the Influencers Talk ZA podcast. The focus of this podcast will center around being a creative and how to navigate creative spaces in the music, fashion, film, and art industry. We hope that you enjoy the show and have fun as you come along with us on this journey. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Influencers Talk, hosted by yours truly, Norman Taj. And today with me, I've got a perfect guest, or should I say, peculiar, actually. Um, but yeah, his name is Das Capital. Others know him as Kyle. Kyle, would you like to give us your short resume? Because I mean, you've been <laughs> around for a minute now, so. Uh, I, I never. Hi. Firstly, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's a tough one to always like run down exactly how I want to be represented anymore. So I start with artist. I think that's the easiest place. So music producer, DJ, radio presenter. I've, I'm a man of many, many hats, and like the, I just keep adding more and more hats. At this point, like I'm wearing twenty hats at once. But I consider myself a creative and a, really a dot connector. That's right. kind of the real job is that I, at the moment, I'm here to bridge the gap between a lot of different spaces. Word, word, word. And like, you know, <clears throat> one of the cool things that I like, because like I said, man, like I've been following you since high school days and like mm. seeing like the, like you going from, like just being on like stage and going that and then going to um, 5FM and then um, yeah. recently now with the Mad Dogs um, collaboration yeah. like because I remember growing up like my mom actually used to buy me a whole lot of Mad Dogs yeah. clothing and I used to think it's corny but like yeah. the it, yeah. like the reinvention of the brand like yeah, so it is. It, that's the interesting thing with that, isn't it? Like it, it's that was a natural progression that really fell together quite nicely. I reached out to them during lockdown when like it felt like the whole world was ending, and they came across my feed uh, because my girlfriend actually owns some of the stuff from a few years ago that they'd made. Oh wow! But the current owners have owned it for about three years, and they've been trying to figure out what to do with it because the brand's been around since 1993. Yeah. And it's changed ownership a bunch of times. It was massive all over the country. And like you said, there's a a childishness almost to it that was there. That's like, it was quite cheesy, and it was a lot of those things. And what's really great is that time has softened that. And I got to step in and basically say, like, hey, let's just do this collaboration. Like, let's just... If, if you're into it, let's try it out. Like, but let's make something that looks like it's from 1993. And we made it with the factory that they've been using like on and off since 1993. Word. Which is dope. Yeah. And I finally got to kind of understand that whole process. And I made sure that the collab was something that if you looked at it, you'd say that's just Mad Dogs. But if you get close, you see the little patch that says, you know, Dust Capital and Mad Dogs. And from that point, I basically ended up kind of taking on the role as their creative director because of the fact that I want to see the brand kind of come back and be revitalized, but using using that nostalgia to our advantage. Show people, yeah. yeah, you remember how the brand used to look, right? And you, then you give them something that's actually new and that's styled for now and that looks current and doesn't feel childish anymore. Yeah. But it ticks all the boxes in their head going like, this is what it looked like when I was a kid. 
and you see photos people send me photos of, of them wearing their old stuff which is amazing because we add it to like i add it to the archive of stuff that we want to like reference but that's the best part is i only have to reference i don't have to go oh well this is the brand and we've got to be this one thing it's that is a jump off point in people's minds like oh, i remember it and i'm like great that's all we need and if you don't remember it's someone you know does so then we can build an entirely new story from it like off the bat and like you know like that's a really dope part because like with um me being the host of influencers talk that actually started initially from me as a rapper performing for iconic black and then doing a fashion collaboration with them yeah with my own designs um and i've always i've always wanted and like you know part of the podcast is to be informative and to be able to teach people who, yeah. whoever's listening whether they're in spain india or south africa like how necessarily it is to be multifaceted mm. and like i've always like i mean yeah like i always make the joke to you on twitter about like how you look like my own friend yeah and whatnot but like i'm always like how are you able to put yourself through all of these different facets and still actually be able to maintain the dust capital brand but also actually still be a representation of 5fm be a representative of yeah um mad dogs and actually have those things be synonymous but not actually you yeah so i i see what you're saying it's been you know what it's been a very interesting year and a half i'm not gonna lie because up until this point for the last from 2000 and early 2010 i guess the dust cup Hall project still started in 2009 mm. i was still in high school but 2010 really until uh, 2020 almost like so 10 10 ish years almost to the like to the day that was my bread and butter. That was it. I was the DJ. It wasn't just that, but you know, I was a DJ, a producer, a um, performing artist, really, in in my own right. Eventually, very quickly moved into radio. I'm like student radio, internet radio. Ended up on Five FM. Did the record label thing. But all of those things are diff- like distant, distant, and still related to music. So it felt very singular. And I kind of realized things hadn't been. I hadn't felt happy for the longest time, for years. And I didn't realize it because I just thought, man, the industry is terrible. Or, yeah. I need to work harder or I'm not doing enough or I'm the problem, whatever. And it was realizing that like I was ignoring all of these other passions and skills that I have. It was me thinking like, wow, I could have been really good as an advertiser. Like I was having conversations yeah. with people. of I could have been really good at X, Y, and Z. And I could use those skills sparingly in negotiations and brand work and whatever. But then COVID happened and I made the decision the minute the first hard lockdown happened that like I'm putting music on hiatus and I still consider myself an artist on hold. I'm I'm doing radio and I'm promoting artists and I'm still involved in music very heavily and like yeah. pushing it. But I'm not making, I'm not in studio writing tracks because spending a week sitting and writing a house tune, that's what I would have done, like a week or two weeks that week could be better served building other ideas. And I had no idea what those ideas would be. But you mentioned how do I make it all synonymous and how do I do it as like me and as Das Kapital. And I guess it's lucky that I spent those, not lucky, fortunate, I guess, smart, that I spent 10 years building up my brand as an individual. Because now I can walk into a lot of rooms, at least, and at least get my foot in the door. Yeah. Someone who goes, oh, I've heard of Dust Capital, but they don't follow me. They don't know what I do, but they're like, oh, I've heard of you. Yeah, haven't you played some festivals? And then like, I can list off the list of achievements. I can be like, oh, I've worked with these labels and remixed these people and done this. But that just gets me in the door where I go, 
let me design a clothing collab. Okay, yeah, we'll do it, whatever. You release that, you immediately interlink my brand with Mad Dogs now. But Mad Dogs is, I'm just the creative director. We are, at, we are building that company on its own. When I leave eventually, because I will, we all move on. Yeah. I will leave that company in a better position than I found it. And you will be able to directly trace the work that I've done because I will proudly say I was involved in this. But I will also help build everything that I do such that it's able to sustain itself. And that's how I'm Mad Dogs has opened like 20 more doors for me. And it's tiring. I'm the most drained I've ever been. But at the same time, it's that like I get a call being like, do you want to consult for us on this thing? Hey, we want to open a space here. Do you want to curate this thing? And I'm like, you know what? I have five minutes. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. And every and it is the 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 i think the huge difference i'm not one for unnecessary spiritual talk often but there's a lot of talk about you know when you're in the right space things just kind of naturally fall into place and like well if it's meant for me it's meant to be it's meant for me nonsense whatever because i walked away from the most toxic aspects of the music industry the stuff that i was okay with ignoring because there was performance yeah you could the joy of being on stage overrode the terrible scummy people i had to work with the the environments i was in the graft of trying to make sure i was playing enough gigs a month now the gatekeeper aspect gatekeeper aspect not being underground enough for the for the losers who basically gatekeep the cool side of the scene and not being like commercial enough for like the you know the oaks that block the other end there's this guy in the middle going hi i support everybody why is why the fuck does no one support me? And not because it's meant to be a trade exchange, but you'd think like, man, I've been nothing but nice to these people. Why why is it so damn hard? Now I can come back to music very very casually and go like, oh, you want to book me to play a festival? Oh, and you want me to play a headline set? Yeah, because it's the one thing I'm. Oh, that's the one gig I'm playing this week. In between all the other stuff, yeah, that'll be nice. Two hours, go rinse some tunes, destroy the place, smile, wave, have a beverage with my homies, and leave be done and then go like i don't care if i dj next weekend or in six months because i'm busy anyway (laughs) so like yeah (laughs) you know what's funny about that like i well the don and i we found ourselves in that predicament this year like i mean we're both dropping uh, like i've i've dropped extensive like Mm. work on soundcloud i've performed at uh, like varying places here in cape town but like this position here whereby we're hosting this podcast and we're with you is from the music from me having performed at an iconic black show and i understand that thing of like being able to take um what you have done and built and now actually leave music like one of the hardest things now is to actually make music without i still have the hunger but i don't actually have to like you said go through the process of dealing with scummy people and you can be very you can it's the one benefit I would say. It's still we're we're coming out of one of the most confusing and horrible times for so many industries. As much as we're like, ooh, level two, level one around the corner, I don't believe that that's guaranteed. I don't believe that that's gonna last until I know that the like whatever herd immunity, vaccination, whichever you want to go for, I'm team vax personally. And shout out to the vaccination. Shout out, shout out, to, out to, to Pfizer. Shout out to that looks after <laughs> me today. And it wants that. Once that happens, then we can maybe start talking about, okay, events can open. Things can really be fine. But none of this is guaranteed. It's not even about there being a hunger. It's more the like, I want to remove the fear from all of this. I've been so impressed at so many of my friends in the industry 
I'm impressed that the people who've just put the blinders on and have just gone, no, music is, that's it. That's all I have. That's all I can be. I'm a DJ. When will they open clubs again? Yeah. And then it's also forced me to go, I have other avenues to pursue. And they like one hand washes the other always. Like there's a way to tie this all together where maybe brand work I've been doing with a certain brand. They're like, oh, we might do a Cape Town launch. So obviously we'd like you to DJ. And I'll be like, cool. Because now I can also... I'm not going to stress about that gig and I'm not going to stress about negotiating with them because I can just go, we'll agree on an, on, on a rate on top of the work I'm already doing. That's a perfectly reasonable rate. It's me taking time out of my day. It's not me going, this is my gig. I have to really worry about the performance and the music. <laughs> and the, No, like I'm happy to, I used to be so pedantic about so many things where now I can just walk in and be like, I'm going to play some stuff that I enjoy and I'm sure other people will too. Yeah. And I don't need to worry about the repercussions of it. If I don't get booked, if I do get booked, if those, if they're brand people, I'm more excited about like meeting other people from other brands because like I've found myself in rooms with people, incredibly talented people and realized I have so much to learn. Like I have so much that I can learn. These are such interesting people and having a good attitude and an open mind has allowed me to just learn. And that's, Every week, a new stupid opportunity comes on my desk, and I laugh. Like, I actively get SMSs and emails and, like, laugh like a crazy person because it's just like, <laughs> I can't believe that I'm even able to entertain this conversation right now. Something stupid has come up that I'm like, I, I wanted to do that a year ago. Like, that was on my list of things to do, and here we are doing it. And not, not in the craziest way either. Like, it's not just like, oh, yeah, everything's falling in my lap. Life's perfect. It's more just that, like, oh, man, I realize... Like manifesting is a weird word, but I everything I've set out to do, I've put myself in a position that is allowing it to happen. And I'm then surprising myself by like, whoa, how did this fall on my lap? Like, no, you've been working the past year, you fucking moron. Like, yeah. That's how that landed on your And oh, like, man. I like I I've always found that like I think like that's one of like your best qualities, like as someone who's been a fan, like yeah. like it's just seeing you roll like with the punches like so much yeah. so it's like uh i don't like i don't necessarily believe south africa has a celebrity culture and whatnot yeah. but i mean there are those that are verified i mean you got your ticks i got my tick on, on twitter <laughs> yeah i need to get that sorted for facebook and instagram desperately but hey if, if someone is listening in from those platforms please <laughs> so yeah annoying. you also yeah. actually need to hook me up with the tick i want to know how to get like what do you actually do to get a tick? But anyway, that's a different conversation for yeah. a different day. Like, how did you cultivate, like, this mindset? Because I know, like, COVID was very strenuous on mm. everyone and creatively and also marketing-wise because, like you said, there was not, like, we almost started to live like we were in a movie whereby yep. tomorrow isn't promised for today, you know? That's exactly <laughs> how it felt. Like, thinking back to the beginning of the lockdown and really processing it, it really felt like... It really felt like the world was ending. I know it's so stupid that we were just, uh, some of us were just holed up at home and we had to go grocery shop once a week. But it felt like everything that had happened before had ended. And even though things are maybe opening up now, I don't feel the same about the world as I did in late 2019, early 2020. And it was, I needed that moment where I was able to actually like look up for five minutes because I've been staring down for 10 years and just like, 
got to keep working got to keep going i'll figure it out like me like this particular type of house music doesn't whatever the kind of electronic music i make mm. doesn't have an audience in south africa necessarily but like you know i've got friends overseas who are playing my stuff and like da, 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 da. and then the world shuts down and then there's like there's no chance i'm gonna go to europe there's no chance i'm gonna go to america even now while stuff's opening up again unless i was shitting out tunes for the whole of lockdown why would americans book me they're trying to revitalize their own scene yeah they're booking huge name artists and their own people same thing we're doing so the 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 fact the fact that i always roll with the punches and stick to stuff is based off of a personality trait that I've really tried to lean into over the years, which is like an, a focus on authenticity and something that I've tried to push in every conversation I have with brands, all of that. A lot of people want, I've been reached out to because I'm like, I'm alternative looking. And there's some people who go like, oh yeah, we want you to work with our brand. Cause like our brand's all about like, mm, we're super edgy. Me, me. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. But who else are you working with? And I'll talk to them and like point out to some of these brands. Like if you want authenticity, you want real conversations you need to look at how those people engage with their audiences and yeah and are you are you getting someone who's going to just take the money and be like gee wow i love your product or oh my word this is so cool or do you want people where if i if i tell my audience about something it's because they know that i believe in it and even if that is a smaller audience than someone else they at least know that i'm being honest and that I'm being open with them and I'm transparent about it. And like, it's been really amazing watching that engagement continue, whether I've said, hey, I'm taking a break from music or mad dogs, these random things that just come up. And to someone who's sitting there going, when's the jewel? Where's the DJ sets? <laughs> I followed you because you played daisies. Where's Plet Rage? And that's fine. I get it. And I'm okay with losing people because so what like i'm gonna gain for everyone i lose like it, people aren't gonna follow you forever i could do everything they wanted and they could still decide that it's time for me to go but if i'm someone that goes hey let me show you these for free i'll show you like my, my favorite restaurants in the city i'll show you my favorite businesses my favorite brands because i want you to understand that you're going to associate me with those brands from now on yeah and those brands know it too my like friends tagging me when they buy clothes from people that I don't work with, but I'm friends with the people who run the brand and I'll be like, yeah, tag me. Like, yeah, show them. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what, it, that's what this is all about is like, it's not about followers or fans and shit. It's about community first and fucking foremost. And I am, if I get to be an anchor point for some people and they meet through some stuff that I do or they engage with the same stuff and they go off and form a new community that's all into a certain thing, that's what I'm here to do. That's that's my job. I like the curating, the bringing people together. That's how I've stayed relevant. Because, yeah, like I said, they're those people that are dedicated to the one thing that they're good at and they feel like they can do. And I feel like they're selling themselves short. Yeah. Because it's not about how many tickets you can fucking sell. It's not about how many brand deals you can bring in. It's about like what can you do with those sold tickets? What can you do with getting people in that room? that's the fun part that's the that's why i'm still here fucking 11 years later and like i'm also not some cheesy massive celebrity either because it's not like hey guys buy this tablet right now no but if a tablet <laughs> company came to me and said we want to do something i'd be like why don't we do something where we give some underprivileged kids some computers and then they can become graphic designers or something and we do a design project around that free idea you're welcome whoever's listening yeah. to this like, like <laughs> 
Yeah, like <laughs> you better credit him, by the way. No, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I mean, like the community aspect, and you know, that's something that a lot of people have neglected um, in the past. And I feel like COVID made us realize that hey, we need to actually all like be linked. I mean, like like I said, like I like the Don and I, we we rappers. Yeah. Like, and I'm a producer, but I produce in the hip hop space. But mm -hmm. like I said, like I'm still a very big fan and yes. of your work. And I feel as if a lot of the community aspects of like the industry, cause like, you know, I don't know if people ever ask you, oh, like, when are you gonna go overseas? Like everyone always waits for that moment for the arts. And I'm like, guys, yeah. like Cape Town is that place already. It's mm. now just about actually like knocking down the doors and breaking down the barriers because like, I mean, like when we were speaking about the origins of each of the genres that we're in, yeah. Like, what, like, what do you classify like yourself as when you actually would like to say, like, okay, I am a DJ, but I am a house or techno or I just call myself an electronic music DJ because, like, the you know what's so funny about like the whole getting into the hip uh, into we were talking about hip hop music earlier off off mic and versus like dance music is that like the way that i i became like obsessed with dance music again when i was like 18 when i was still in high school like finishing up there got into this like very french sound that i was like obsessed with that led to me getting to know edm as it was breaking like as in that festival sound you know like ultra stuff but trying yeah. to trying to find the tasteful angle to a very distasteful sound playing a lot of really cool things as well like playing with great people from the uk playing in the uk really getting to experience good underground electronic music I just ended up being like the versatile guy, like at the at, when in air quotes trap, like that EDM trap kind yeah. of hybrid sound was really popping off. And it started off with just edits of like Slim Thug tracks with like a bit of a club arrangement. It wasn't like anything major. Yeah. I was playing like, I remember playing Cold Turkeys, uh, which were just the best oh, parties. Oh, yeah, those. Uh, and like you could mix like UK, like dubstep dubstep like the really dark dingy scary stuff like not the wubby edm kind of vibe mix that with a paul wall tune or a slim thug tune whatever yeah. and people would go off because they'd be like yo what is this ah and then at the same time i could then go and be like i'm playing in claremont and i'm gonna play epic by some edm dj a tiesto wow <laughs> so some people know me as one thing i remember the one moment that will stick with me forever is that someone from durban when I played there and they had seen me at the previous party, they came up to me before I played saying, you're my favorite dubstep DJ. And like, I almost took it as like a slap in the face. Cause I'm like, That's they meant bro step, but I was more just like, I haven't even played a full step of, I mean, a full set of that in KZN ever. Like, I don't think I've really played a full set of it anywhere. And it's this weird thing of, I was obsessed with and have been dance music for like 10 years. I found the stuff that I really love. I was a student of like hip hop music first, like the way that from 11 till 19 I was like the way I obsessed over dance music and knowing every producer and whatever I obsessed over like hip hop music and since then it's kind of just become about the music that I like like there are people you can look at like Rick Rubin yeah that like as just they're, they're artists they're artists and engineers that define times for me so like you can look at Timbaland forever mm. but I like looking at that 2000s era of like him and Danger Hands where everything they did was just ridiculous yeah um Rick Rubin has worked with, you know, he started out with like Run DMC and like Def Jam and all of that. Yeah. But like he's produced for like Metallica and he's produced like Slipknot. And I just end up at this point now, I just see myself as like 
I'm a music fan. I try and what I listen to and what I perform and what I play are very different things. I'm a the short answer is I'm a dance music DJ. I'm going to play house mostly. But there's a lot of gray area when when you say the word house and it's not going to I'm not going to necessarily be the Sunday afternoon chill guy. If if I do get asked to do something like that, I'll do it. And I'm also not going to be the like 6 a.m. on drugs guy. <laughs> but sometimes it's nice to show people like, oh, cool, here's two disco records. But let's put a let's put a drug song in between the disco records and see what happens. Yeah. So I, I like to I like to be versatile, but I also have to because of radio, especially I have to be the guy holding the rope in between the underground underground and like the commercial side of stuff. I have to be the guy that finds that palatable place that anyone can tune in and go wow that was really cool and at the same time i've got to push new talent and like push new sounds and and be innovative so it's a it's a balancing act i'm like on a tightrope between house techno and bass music at all times i'm just trying to figure out the middle ground really yeah i mean uh, yeah like that is quite a that's quite a big and uh that's quite a big toss that you've taken for yourself and a big yeah. role and i appreciate you doing that for whoever's in the house and uh base um genres and scenes because like that's the thing like there's a lot of gatekeeper aspects within the sa music industry and everything and yeah it's very hard to necessarily like like with hip-hop there's a formula and you know like and the weird part about everything being so formulaic is that what what are we then tuning out? Are we actually trying to get the best or are we yeah. just trying to... Are you trying keep... to get the most American thing? Like with hip-hop, I've got some really talented friends who um, who kind of tried to do stuff the independent way and they've like found some success and they're really doing it. Shabzi Medallion from Five... Well, he's part of Five as like producer team, but he's like Joburg doing it for himself kind yeah. of thing. And we talk at length whenever I get the chance to sit down with him about how weird the hip-hop scene is because you're from like you're from cape town it's almost the same thing as being a a dance music dj from cape town if you don't in 10 years ago maybe there would have been a point where if you popped off in cape town you could pop off anywhere else in the country yeah now we're at the point where i think you see it in hip-hop too it's like you've got to basically either have that cross-country hit you got to be you know nasty c you got to be blacky you got to be able to go anywhere in the yeah. country or you just got to make it in joburg and like that's kind of it. And when you say make it in Joburg, you got to sound like every other motherfucker out there. Like there's no truly. We look at anyone who even comes close to sounding unique, and it's only because they're doing some sort of like mixed language thing, but over an American beat. So it's like Casper, you know, like that yeah. guy's genre hopped fifty times. Respected him for being on point, but what is the defining feature of his music other than just being at the right place at the right time? It's almost like that's kind of what ends up, that's what ends up happening with hip hop. And like, I see it a shitload in dance music is that all these the, now more than ever, there are amazing kids popping out, making records that sound international, but sounding international, but sounding international is not good enough. In my opinion, not that their music isn't good enough, but it's that if I listen to your track and think, wow, this sounds like a promo I could have downloaded from somebody in Germany, that does sound impressive on one level. Congrats, you've stepped the, like the level up there. Yeah. But you sound like a promo I could have just downloaded from someone from Germany. That's the problem with the record. Why don't you sound like you? How can I not like, extract what you represent? There's some people who want to make the best tech house record or the best deep house record. 
But then there are guys who I look at like, we want to talk like dance music, we want to look at like FKM Mash, we want to talk about Dawson, you can spot them a mile away. Yeah. You can spot like, uh, you know, the, the guys killing I'm a piano right now. You can pick out the top five because they are undoubtedly the doing best. their own thing yeah. and they're the best at it. But then there'll be the people that'll jump on the genre and will sound like, ah, yeah, no, that is the best sounding I'm a piano record that's a pop song I've ever heard. But then who made it? Does it matter? No. If David Guetta, in air quotes, made an I'm a piano song with whoever, Cubs are the small, but it or didn't... like vocalistic. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't sound like David Guetta brought anything to the table other than putting his name on the record. Why did you do it? To make money. Like that's the, yeah. That's where music is, and that's what people do. They want to be as generic and as safe as possible, where I'm looking for... I'm, I, I'm an idealist, and I want... I want to find artists. Like, I want to hear... Art. I want to hear art, but there's a... Man, it's tough, because there's a skill in making... I've spent 10 years doing the underground thing. I'm having a bit of fun with part of what I do being like, I like playing the hits now, not like as a DJ, but in some of the aspects of my work, it's like, I'm now just swinging for the fences for the first time. I'm letting myself go like, no, we're trying to like, I want to get like random person on the street to think this shit's cool. Like I'm not trying to play it to the edgy fuckers anymore. Like I want to just blow people. Like I want some random person to be like, yo, it's epic. I want it so bad. Cool. But just this project. Because I must still be legit in everything else yeah. I do. Because it's nice to just let go sometimes and be like, let's give them what they want. Yeah, exactly. You know what, what I mean? Want. Like, yeah. every, like, uh, like, like you said, um, off mic, like, you know, one hand washes the other. And, like, that mentality, like, it really needs to translate into a lot of art. And I feel like mm. a lot of people don't necessarily understand that because they they look at it about, like, okay, how can, like you said, like, You'll sound international, but you'll sound like a promo. You won't sound like yourself. And people get lost in that. So, And part of the influencers talk, um, this podcast, is like we're trying to be informative, you know, trying to um, help someone out um, who is either at their starting point or is actually um, what we'd classify ahead of us or same level. Um, What necessarily would you, um, what advice would you give Someone, if you could, if you could speak to younger Kyle, what would you say to him? If I could speak to a younger me, I think the most important thing would be, it's, it's a balancing, it would be a balancing act of a conversation because there's a part of me that knows that the blind faith I had in myself is what kept me here. Like the, that idea of being your own biggest fan is super important, but it's almost like I would say, focus on your, I would tell myself to focus on my potential and my capabilities it's that i should absolutely believe in myself and i should be proud of myself and every day i should wake up and like be dissatisfied with what i've already achieved and go you've done it you should be congratulations but you know you can do more and you need to do more that would be one end of the conversation the other side of it would be to remove the self from that it was to remove the you are the best you are amazing you need to sit there and feel this about yourself it's that I know what, like, I know not now I have this idea of myself where I know I can walk into a room and if you just give me the opportunity to, like, be a part of the thing, you give me the, the feedback, the, the inspiration, and I can act either as an individual or as part of a team, I know I can contribute meaningfully. And I always tell people, like, how can I get, how can I be involved in a meaningful way is how I speak to people it's not just about being involved it's not just being in the room it's about contributing 
but it's because I want to, at the end of the day, I just want to make something. I want to achieve something. There are projects that I'm taking on that aren't about the money anymore. And it's not about the, but it's also sometimes is about the money and you yeah. want to be, you want to be okay with yourself to, to say those things. But it's the not obsessing about me. I'm the greatest artist. I'm the creator. You got to have those little moments of your ego, your ego comes out and goes like, yeah, of course I fucking killed that campaign of me. Of course I fucked on the yeah. <laughs> But you got to say I'm the best because I made this thing and look what it did for other people. I'm the best and look what we made. I always, always, even when it's a project where I end up being the face, I'm the first person to say we. And I will that we stands for me and everyone standing behind me, whether that be my like DJ booking agents, whether that be the people that I work with. If I'm in a room and I'm talking about Mad Dogs, it's we. If I'm talking about the projects that I'm the visible head of and like I'm curating the space, it's we because other people are facilitating me making this thing a reality. People yeah. reached out to me because what do we want to achieve? Because if this was just me and my vision and my selfish nonsense, who cares? Like what what good does we don't need we don't need more self-obsessed people. So it's that it's that's the advice. It's a weird piece of advice to give because I'm simultaneously saying you got to wake up every day and be like you are the fucking best and you can make anything you want. But acknowledge like acknowledge that it's not about your vision alone. Like you are a part of a, a world and you need to build that world for the better of everyone around you, not yeah. just you. Yeah, like you know what's funny about that like it's 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 a position that I I fully endorse because like for example um the the offshoot of the brand that myself and the Don run is called Distinctive and we took the eyes out of the word because like your unique aspects yep. are what make you you but add that to the world yes. and we can reap more benefits you know you reap 100%. what you sow and why can't you actually plant like these money trees or things that are going to be fruitful yeah. but not only for you but for everyone else it's mind-blowing the amount of people who you speak about covid offer, offering this opportunity for people to like reassess their lives and change and what i've seen is that it made a lot of people scared and it made a lot of people think that the world was like i said the world's gonna end so they suddenly came out the woodwork and were like maybe i need to make Maybe I need to be a nice person. And then you, they realized that, oh, actually, I don't need to be a nice person. And they went back to being selfish. And we, you, you've brought up gatekeepers a few times. And those people end up being the gatekeepers if they aren't already. If they haven't been. Because mm. gatekeepers love finding, no matter what, even if they fall out of power and they end up in a smaller position, they will still find ways to block. They will still find ways to gatekeep. They will still find ways to hold people back. And this really amazing moment has happened with so many people that I've known from like, you know, we used to play Mercury together. It was like some resident DJ Shout somewhere. Mercury, like random, by the way. Yeah, Mercury, <laughs> just great times. But it's like these, <laughs> these, you know, me is like this little student DJ and I played them on a show once. And then like, you kind of come together and like, wow, it's been 10 years, huh? Like what are you up to? And you just realize that you click like, like this and that you all have the same view and that, these people like these people want to help you as much as you want to help them it's about ignoring and sidestepping all of those other people because they'll destroy themselves the people that make it about them and what they can give or what they can control in the scene the i the i am the i am the culture i am the this no you're not the culture is what is built around and that we are all a part of the minute that i've 
started working on projects where I'm like, I want to create opportunities for people. And, oh, this brand wants me to whatever, do this thing. How can we benefit as many people as possible? And like within the course of a day, I'm like, oh gosh, I've got to find all these people to work with. And within the course of a day, the whole project is locked in. I call an agency that I've done some other work with and I'm like, like, I'm doing this thing. And they're like, no, tell us more. No, like, how do we get involved? Like, oh no, we're going to accelerate it to our clients. Like, we want to get, we want to get money in, in this project. Like, yeah, "Yeah, we'll come to the launch. Let's check it out. And I'm like, what the, how? It's not because I'm some sort of like fucking genius that can put together the greatest event of all time. It's that damn, give people an opportunity to eat at the same fucking table and people will take the damn opportunity. Wow. Hey guys, we got a table here and like, we want you all to eat. Do you want to come? Yeah. Thanks. Instead of just like, how can we? How can we work with these people so that we gain the most from it? What do I, how do we offer them the lowest rate, offer them whatever? No, just create opportunities and let people share in the opportunities. And like, that's why I'm here today. Like that's that's how this all works out. Yeah. And like in closing, like it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Like it has been very informative. Um, Yeah. A person of your caliber. It's, it's honestly an honor, a blessing to be around you and to be able to get these ideas and exchanges. Um, I've got one last question before I hand over to the Don. Um, just necessarily asking, like, what what would you say your mantra is, like, your saying and your ideology? Uh, wow, my saying. So it's a tough one to really nail down. I've got a couple of things. There's been this, <laughs> there's been this really stupid very like wishy-washy like nonsense phrase this manifestation phase that i've been seeing around but it's not about the manifesting and that the universe must give me this thing but it's a good reminder and it's this like i don't chase i attract if it's meant for me what's meant for me will truly find me and i'm not sitting there going like okay like i'm not gonna ask people twice like the universe will give me what i want it's that if i'm actively working towards my goals and if i'm actively creating value everywhere i go I apply that as the people who really want to work with me will come to me. And I I am busy such that if that one offer falls through or doesn't come back or the one person doesn't engage with me the way that I want them to, I go, man, that's unfortunate. I would have really liked that for that to happen. But I'm just going to then let that go off into the into nothing. And if they want to come back to me and we want to work again, then they will. And reminding myself of that when I get upset, when I get angry because I'm like, you know, that the eye comes out, the man, I have some of this fucking good ideas would have been such a good thing to do. Ah, it's not happening. Use the idea for something else. It'll come back. Uh, I guess the main thing though, the driving, like way that I've lived my life, like I gave a TEDx talk about it when I was like, like 21 or 22 or something. And it's this thing of like, being dedicated but also agreeing to like be dissatisfied i mentioned it a bit earlier that pat yourself on the back say well done i've done the project you see it with music you finish the song you send it to the label you want to release it and you're sitting there thinking this is going to be the song this is going to be it it's going to change my life and then like why aren't people responding to my message because you're sitting around waiting for that response for that song where other people are living their lives and you need to have that moment ready where if someone goes you know what this is the best song ever what's what do you have other music no, I was waiting for a response from that song. Why? Why were you waiting? Like, be dissatisfied. Constantly be working on something new. Like, hand in the project, get it done, move on. Yeah. And especially now where you hand in a project and you wait for it to release. Like, whether it be clothing, whether it be music, whether it be 
anything, there will be that time period. Be proud of yourself, but don't sit at a party and like be like, I'm the best because I did this one thing. No, because what are you going to follow that up with? Be dissatisfied with yourself. Wake up and choose to start working on the next thing and fucking compete with yourself. Like, kick your own ass. Don't worry about anybody else. Kick your own ass. Be upset at yourself because you know you can do better because you always can do better. And then just day by day, that one step better is what's going to... That's how I live. That's what I'm trying to remind myself. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Influencers Talk ZA podcast. We hope you enjoyed this engaging discussion. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe on the platform that you're listening on. Have a great day. And once again, thank you for listening to our show.